Good morning and welcome to our Good Friday service where we have come to worship the Lord. As we come, we have prepared our hearts knowing that Christ paid the greatest price for the salvation of us. <clears throat> he came and he gave his life for us. Jesus had said in Matthew chapter 26, starting at verse 32, but after I've risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered. This very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same thing. They wanted to serve the Lord with their full heart. They were intent on doing this, and yes, they failed. That shows us how weak we are in the flesh. And if we only knew what was going to happen, we would depend upon Christ even more. And we must depend upon him each and every day, and without him we realize that we cannot serve a holy God and please him without his strength. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning, we give you thanks. This is a holy time, a day when you went to the cross. You stretched out your arms, and you took the beating for us. Thank you, Lord that you came, that you gave your life sacrificially. You laid it down. Not only did you lay it down, but you took it up again because you are God in the flesh. I pray now that you would give us a new understanding of what it meant for you to die. Give us a new understanding of what our sin is so that we can turn from it. And with your strength and your grace, we can walk in the grace that you have given us. And we pray, Father, that we would honor you in our lives. But Lord, as we celebrate this day, help us to realize that there is power in the blood. And then it was shed 2,000 years ago. It gives us the strength to live and to bring glory and honor to you. Help us to realize that we, without you, are nothing. And we ask for your grace at this time. May it accompany us as we go through this time, for this we pray, amen. Good morning. Let us sing together today. We'll start with song number 164, Were You There? We'll sing only the first three verses. I don't think the fourth one quite applies yet for today. Maybe we can sing that Sunday, but I didn't choose the songs for Sunday. So um, let's sing song, uh, 164 verses 1 to 3.
Our next song is found in our bulletins. Let's sing The Old Rugged Cross.
You'll notice that there's no scripture reading this morning, and that's because it's all scripture reading this morning. I have, uh, to the best of my ability, uh, harmonized the gospel account. We know that each, each one of those accounts says, adds a different uh, part of the story, and I've tried to put them together uh, for, for one reading to, so that we can get most of it. Uh, so that's what we're doing here this morning. Jesus said to his disciples, You know that after two days the Passover is coming, and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people gathered in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas, and plotted together in order to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. But they said, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar among the people. Then Satan entered into Judas, called Iscariot, who was one of the number of the twelve. He went away and conferred with the chief priests and officers how he might betray him to them, and said, what will you give me if I deliver him to, over to you? And they paid him thirty pieces of silver. And from that moment, he sought an opportunity to betray him. Now on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying, where will you have us prepare the, the, to eat the Passover? And he said, go into the city to a certain man and say to him, teacher, uh, the teacher says, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at table with the twelve. And as they were eating, he said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were very sorrowful and began to say to him, One after another, Is it I, Lord? He answered, He who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Judas, who would betray him, answered, Is it I, Rabbi? He said to him, You have said so. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered him, Though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Simon, Simon. Behold, Satan has demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. 
But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny three times that you know me. Peter said to him, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. And he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hand of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Now Judas, who had betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Now the betrayer had given them a sign. The one I will kiss is the man. Seize him. And he came up to Jesus at once and said, Greetings, Rabbi. And he kissed him. Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward and said to them, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. So he asked them again, whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. Of those whom you gave me, I have not lost one. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's, servants, the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. 
The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, put your sword in its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? Do you think that I cannot appeal to my Father, and he will at once send me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then should the scriptures be fulfilled that it must be so? At that hour, Jesus said to the crowds, You have come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me. Day after day I sat in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. But all this has taken place that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. First they led him to Annas, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had advised the Jews that it would be expedient that one man should die for the people. The high priest then questioned Jesus about the disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple, where all the Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? Annas then sent him, bound, to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders had gathered. And Peter was following him at a distance, as far as the courtyard of the high priest, and going inside, he sat with the guards to see the end. Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking false testimony against Jesus that they might put him to death, but they found none, though many false witnesses came forward. For many bore false witness against him, but their testimonies did not agree. At last, two came forward and said, This man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to rebuild it in three days. And the high priest stood up and said, Have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But Jesus remained silent. And the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the, by the living God, tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus said to him, You have said so. But I tell you, from now on you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, He has uttered blasphemy. What further witnesses do we need? You have now heard his testimony, his blasphemy. What is your judgment? They answered, He deserves death. Then they spit in his face and struck him, and some slapped him, saying, Prophesy to us, you Christ, who is it that struck you? Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came up to him and said, You also were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you mean. 
And when he went out to the entrance, another servant girl saw him, and she said to the bystanders, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied it with an oath, I do not know the man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Certainly you too are one of them, for your accent betrays you. Then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord and how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and he wept bitterly. When morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And they bound him and led him away. Then when Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, he changed his mind and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and to the elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. They said, what is that to us? See to it yourself. And throwing down the pieces of silver into the temple, he departed and he went and hanged himself. But the chief priests, taking the pieces of silver, said, it is not lawful to put them into the treasury since it is blood money. So they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field as a burial place for strangers. Therefore, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken by the prophet Jeremiah, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him on whom a price had been set by some of the sons of Israel, and they gave them for the potter's field. Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early in the morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled, but could eat the Passover. So Pilate went outside to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? And they answered, If this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The Jews said, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken to show by what kind of death he was going to die. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this man misleading our nation and forbidding us to give tribute to Caesar, and saying that he himself is Christ, a king. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not of this world. 
Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in this man. But they were urgent, saying, He stirs up the people, teaching them throughout all Judea, from Galilee even to this place. When Pilate heard this, he asked whether the man was a Galilean. And when he learned that he belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him over to Herod, who was himself in Jerusalem at that time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was very glad, for he had long desired to see him, because he had heard about him, and he was hoping to see some sign done by him. So he questioned him at some length, but he made no answer. The chief priests and the scribes stood by, vehemently accusing him. And Herod, with his soldiers, treated him with contempt and mocked him. Then, arraying him in splendid clothing, he sent him back to Pilate. And Herod and Pilate became friends with each other that very day. For before this, they had been at enmity with each other. Pilate then called the chief priests and the rulers of the people and said to them, You brought me this man as one who was misleading the people. And after examining him before you, behold, I did not find this man guilty of any charge against him. Neither did Herod, for he sent him back to us. Look, nothing deserving death has been done by him. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd, any one prisoner they wanted. And they had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber, a man who had been thrown into prison for an insurrection started in the city and for murder. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. Besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor again said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said, Let him be crucified. And he said, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you, that you may know I find no guilt in him. 
So Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law he ought to die, because he has made himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard that statement, he was even more afraid. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement and an Aramaic Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour, and he said to the Jews, Behold your king. They cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but, a, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, His blood be on us and on our children. Then he released for them Barabbas and delivered Jesus to be crucified. As they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. They compelled this man to carry his cross. And when they came to the place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull, they offered him wine to drink, mixed with gall. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews, but rather... This man said, I am the king of the Jews. 
Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests and the scribes and the elders mocked him, saying, He saved others, he cannot save himself. He is the King of Israel, let him come down from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he desires him. For he said, I am the son of God. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence and con of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. At about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, This man is calling Elijah. Let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said, to fulfill scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two, from top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. And all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home, beating their breasts. Since it was the day of preparation, and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him, 
But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. And one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, that you also may believe. For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And again, another scripture says, they will look on him whom they have pierced. Now there was a man named Joseph from the Jewish town of Arimathea. He was a member of the council, a good and righteous man who had not consented to their decision and action. And he was looking for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate was surprised to hear that he should already have died and summoned the centurion. And he asked him whether he, had already died, whether he was already dead. And when he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the corpse to Joseph. Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden, there was a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. And they rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. This is the reading of God's word on the account of the crucifixion and death of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Would you pray with me? Father, it is completely humbling and mind-boggling what has taken place, what had to happen to redeem us from our sins. And we hardly know what to say. Thank you, Father, for preserving these words for us that we might ponder what has been accomplished through Jesus on the cross. Hallowed be your name. Amen. Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve when the evening came. Matthew chapter 26 verses 26 through 35 records that event. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out on the Mount of Olives, then Jesus told them, This very night you will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. 
But after that, after I've risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, even if all fall away, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. From this portion of scripture, I want to point out three crucial insights into the life of Christ and his disciples. First, Jesus told the disciples in verse 31 that they would all fall away. Jesus knew this, but the disciples did not. We learn that Jesus knew his disciples better than they knew themselves, and he knows you and me better than we know ourselves. And that's why we have to trust him every step of the way and be listening when he speaks. Second, Jesus prophesied his resurrection in verse 32, but they didn't grasp or understand what he told them. He said, but after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. How do we know they didn't understand? The reason is what the angel said to the disciples at the tomb when he had been raised from the dead. Luke chapter 24, verses 6 and 8 tell us, Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful man, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. Jesus told the disciples several times that he was going to be put to death and rise again. They never understood it. Now Jesus was telling them that they were all going to forsake him. And they didn't believe him then. It's interesting what they should have said. They should have said, Lord, what can we do? How can we rely on you so this will not happen? Their eyes were blinded, and we have to ask ourselves the question, what is blinding our eyes today? Their eyes were blinded, and the master was right before them. They walked with him. They talked with him. They knew him personally. And yet when he spoke, their eyes were blinded. Can that be for us? Can that be for you and me as we read the scriptures that our eyes can be blinded and we don't hear his voice? Third, when Jesus told Peter that he would deny him three times, Peter emphatically stated that he was willing to die for Christ and never disown him. And all the disciples said the same thing. Once again, that comes back to us. Finally, when the test came, the scriptures tell us that they all forsook the Lord and ran. All of them. All of them. Once again, this indicates how weak the disciples were in their strength. And it also shows us how fragile we are. That's why we can't trust ourselves. There's only one that we can trust, 
and it is Christ, and we have to be listening. And when he speaks, we have to ask, Lord, is this true of me? You see, as I read through that passage, I thought the right response should have been what the disciples didn't do. You see, when Jesus said that you're all going to turn and run, all of them said, we won't, we won't. But they should have said, do you see something in us, Lord? Do you see something in me that I don't see? And that's our should be our response. What do you see in me, Lord, where I can walk away and I will fail you? Strengthen me. Help me to be listening to your voice. May I bow to you and not to the world. May I bow to you and not to myself. As believers, when we partake of the Lord's Supper, we are not only to remember the past and the horrible death that Christ paid to pardon, our, to pardon us, but also to realize that Christ gives us the power and the strength to live a victorious life if we will only, uh, only surrender every part of our lives to him at every step. And that's where the disciples failed. They followed, and at certain times, they decided they'd do things their way. And perhaps that's exactly what we do. We follow, but there are times that we take things in our own hands, and we think we're going to do it our way. As you partake of the Lord's Supper, remember your life before you had met the Master. What was your life like before? And many of you can't remember that because you made a decision when you were young. You asked Christ to redeem you, you asked Christ, and you've confessed your sins. But perhaps you can remember because you came to the Lord a little bit later in life. And what was your life, life like without Christ? And how is it different now? How is it different now? May you also realize that his power is sufficient to sustain you in your deepest trials and give you victory each day that you walk with him. You do not have to be a member of this church to receive communion. We have only two requirements. First, you are a born-again born believer, having repented of your sins, and now are walking in fellowship with Christ. Second, as far as it depends upon you, that you are walking in fellowship with your brother. As Apostle Paul says, tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28, a man ought to examine himself before he eats, uh, of, eats the bread and drinks the cup. And we want to take a few moments to bow our heads and to examine our hearts, to confess to the Lord anything that is between him and yourself. And as we do this, let us remember we come before him. This is a holy time, and I ask you to bow your heads with me. Pray silently. Make sure that you are right with the Lord.
Heavenly Father, we come before you. We confess our sins corporately as a body where we fail you. Individually, as each one of us fail you and sin against you. Father, forgive us where we do this. Give us the strength to walk the road that you have walked. And you know, and we know, Lord, that Jesus walked a life amongst us and he did not sin. Today, he gives us strength and power to overcome sin. I pray, Father, that as we come before you now and we remember the blood that was shed and the, your body that was broken, help us to realize without this, we would be lost in our sins forever without you. And thank you that you went all the way to the cross to, for, to die for us. You shed your blood. And because of this, we have the remission of sin. I pray now, Father, that we would accept your forgiveness as we have confessed unto you. And now we pray, go with us into the rest of this um, Good Friday service. And may we bring honor and glory to you in everything that happens. Amen. Just a few instructions as we uh, go to take the bread. Uh, first of all, the bread is gluten-free. Um, I'm going to make a few, uh, I'm going to read a few verses of scripture, make a comment or two, and then we'll have the distribution of the bread. We'll see if anyone has been missed, and then we will uh, pray together, and then we'll eat together. From John chapter 6 at verse 32. Then Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you, that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up at the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Jesus' body was broken for us. His death is what brought about reconciled relationship with the Father. Jesus' death is our only claim to the Father for salvation. Therefore, we proclaim his death until he comes. Jesus died so that we could live by the distribution of the bread. Has anyone been missed in the distribution of the bread? And would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we're eternally grateful for the Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross to save us from our sins and to put us in right relationship with you. Hallowed be your name, amen. Let's eat. 
First Peter 1, 18 to 19 says, For you know that it was not with the perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. The juice and the wine represent the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all sin. As the communion plate is passed around, the outer two rings are wine and the inner ones are juice. I'll repeat that one more time. As the communion plate is passed around, the outer two rings are wine, the inner ones are juice. As you take the cup, please hold it until everyone has received it so that it can be taken together in unity. Has anyone been missed? The cup represents the blood that Jesus shed for us. Without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sin. Even the blood of goats and bulls do not remove sin. There is only one blood, and it is the blood of the precious one, the Son of God, the one who is worthy to die on our behalf, and the one who only could die on our behalf to redeem us from hell. Let us partake of the cup and remember the joy that comes as we take the cup because he has paid for our sins. Let us drink together. And Heavenly Father, thank you that we can participate in the cup. We have been redeemed, not because we take the cup, but because you have come into our lives. We have repented of our sins. We've turned, and you now reign within us. Lord, give us the strength each day to walk with you. Thank you for this time. Amen. Mark, would you read a, lead us in the closing, closing song? Dean, you are right. It is nothing but the blood that we are redeemed by. So our last song is also found in our bulletins called Nothing But The Blood. And it's a fairly simple song that talks about the blood. And in it we will sing that the blood washes away our sin and it pardons us and it atones for us. And I'm 44, I don't know what the word atone quite means so I looked it up. To atone means to stand as an equivalent. It means to make reparation, amends, or satisfaction for an offense or a crime by which reconciliation is procured between the offended and the offending parties. I have offended. I have offended God. And um, Jesus paid for that by his blood. And because of all this, because he did that, verse 4 talks about how we now have hope and peace and we are righteous before God because Jesus paid our price. Let's sing about this blood that was shed. If you're able, please join me in rising and let's sing.
pray with me? Father in heaven, it is indeed a privilege to be able to declare the death of Jesus until he comes. And we do so with confidence and with joy, knowing that we are redeemed because he died. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen.